everybody. Welcome to the Web Cave. I'm Dan. I'm here with Bobo. How the hell you doing, Bobby? I'm doing good, you spoiled rotten barrel of mayonnaise. <laughs> That's it's good to hear. Uh, we have some special guests here. Uh, Doug and Sharon are here. Hello. And uh, your lady Doug friends here, Danielle. Happy, dude. Happy. I said, Doug, so happy to be here. He is happy. He's eating a chicken. Like, the man's eating a chicken. Give him a fucking break, dude. Once I once I finish my dinner, then I'll be really happy. Good. We got to fill him up. He gets angry. Uh, Danielle's here, uh, and we have the three judges assembled because me and Bobby are going to war. Uh, Black Adam versus Dr. Fate. We're doing another face off. I think this is our second one, right? Um, I think so. I think the first one, yeah, we did a type of face off, but it was a little different in the rule set. Uh, this that is was second. the fantasy one. Yeah. This is our second face off. And uh, I'll be representing Dr. Fate, Kent Nelson, and uh, Bobby's got Black Adam. You want to introduce the five rounds? Uh yeah, Hi, round wow. one. If you guys, if you guys don't remember, round one is origins and powers. We're gonna debate the powers and origins versus each character, and then round two is going to be enemies, and round three is going to be best stories, as in movies or comic lines. Round four is going to be feats or big moments, and round five would be who would win in a hypothetical fight. If the two had to come one to one against each other, it's a big deal. Well, I gotta be honest, my attention might not last for five whole rounds. No, you got that. We got this, share. It's a big battle. Uh, do you want to go first for uh, origin? Sure. All right. Doug, you'll, Doug, you'll kind of like bring the balance shit. Okay. All right. Some of you might know this. Some of you probably don't. But Black Adam has had multiple origins or rewrites of his origin since his first appearance in the Marvel Family Number One in 1945 by Fawcett Comics. His original. Uh, origin is 5,000 years ago Teth Adam was chosen by the wizard Shazam to become his champion known as Mighty Adam when he was turned into Black Adam or the Mighty Adam his powers consumed him and he ended up killing the pharaoh in Egypt and ended up taking the throne that was his original story and then he fought the Shazam family and ended up dying but the reboot origin of him in the new 52 era which I believe is what the director and Dwayne Johnson are going to be doing the new Black Adam movie. <clears throat> it was uh, in this version, Black Adam was not chosen uh, by the wizard to be the champion. It was instead his nephew, uh, which I'm pretty sure his name was Amon. And he was deemed more pure and chosen as the champion. And uh, Black, and the Black Adam ended up sacrificing his nephew to gain the power of Shazam because he didn't see that Amon's judgment was necessary to rule and save the people. So Adam ended up sacrificing him to steal the powers from him. 
And then Black Adam freed all of the slaves and killed the tyrant who ruled over Kandak before being imprisoned by the wizard Shazam. And he was imprisoned in the tomb of Rameses II, ancient Egyptian god, and Dr. Thaddeus Savannah and the Batson family ended up unsealing the tomb and releasing Black Adam into the world. And this time, instead of being blessed with the same gods that Shazam was blessed with, like Hercules and Mercury and all them, he ended up this time around being powered by ancient Egyptian gods instead. And powers for this character. Do you want to go back and forth or you just want me to origins and powers as well? Uh, we can go back and forth, and then we'll have people uh, give a point and shit. All right. Uh, each round. Uh, build up the suspense. Yeah. So is that is that your origin? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, I'm going with Kent Nelson's Doctor Fate because that's the one that we'll be seeing in the movie as well, as played by one of the best James Bonds, Pierce Bronson. Uh, and Kent Nelson, one of the oldest motherfuckers in the DC universe. Uh, Kent Nelson's been around since 1940. He is, I think he's like two years after Batman, or two years after Superman, one year after Batman. So he's like, he's one of the, the big hitters, one of the old ones. He helped founded the Justice Society of America. He was in that first issue. and uh, But his origin is he was an archaeologist with his dad. And uh, he found this Prince Naboo, pretty much, this old Egyptian god, uh, while they were on a dig, a father-son dig. Uh, and then Naboo, like, grants him powers. He gives him uh, the amulet of uh, a- uh, Amnibus, the amulet of Amnibus, which uh, we'll, we'll get into that with the powers and shit. But Naboo gives him a bunch of shit. And uh, and he teaches him how to how to do some stuff like fly and levitate and uh, move shit with his mind. Basically, use the force. Now, in this whole thing, his dad ends up dying. Hold on, that power moving stuff with your mind. That ability is called telekinesis, where you can move objects with your mind. It's called telekinesis. Well, of course, it's telekinesis. The force is a better name for it, though. But he's moving shit. The force is the ability to move things within nature, Daniel. That's two completely different things. He's doing the same fucking thing. He's moving shit with his head. Telekinesis. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Fate, and uh, he, he's on a dig with his dad. His dad ends up dying because of the mist from Naboo. It's actually, it's fucking, it's kind of weird, but his dad's dead. And Naboo, because of that, that's he teaches him all the shit. And he gives him a bunch of shit. And he gives him uh, his costume. And uh, now he's Dr. Fate, and he's got to help uh, the Lord of Order against the Lord of uh, Chaos, pretty much. And uh, he's got a super big role. And he's what, he's basically, when people call him like a version of Dr. Strange, he's like Dr. Strange from like way back in the day. And he is like the Sorcerer Supreme at DC. He's basically the highest magical entity in DC, or at least one of them. I mean, both of these guys are huge magical beings and forces in the DC universe, but Dr. Fate is pretty much creme de la creme. That's his origin. For sorcery, yes. 
Absolutely. I would definitely agree. So one kills All their right. nephew, and the other one finds an on an archaeo- finds a god on an archaeo- archaeo- yeah, on yeah. a dig. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, on a dig, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He finds an Egyptian god, and then he helps him out. He helps the god, and then, yeah. then the god helps the kid? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and he sacrificed his nephew, who was chosen to be the champion of a wizard and stole his magical powers, blessed by the gods. Yes. You guys ready to go head-to-head? Head-to-head? Oh, okay. You want to argue for a few minutes before we do the next round? Or? We're still we're powers. Are still round 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 or? Yeah. So powers are you guys, like, supposed to debate? Or? What's up, Bobby? I said Powers is still part of round one. We're not finished with it yet. Oh, oh, it's Origins and Powers? Yeah. Okay. I said that. That's how it was last time. I got gotcha. you. I don't remember five minutes ago, Bobby. <laughs> I only can remember last time. <laughs> I, re- I remember. Uh, all right. Well, then then you do your Powers, and then we'll we'll go uh, head-to-head a little bit. Adam's powers. His his powers are similar to Shazam's. He does have to say it. Well, initially he does have to say the same magic word to turn into Black Adam, from Pep Adam to Black Adam. Yeah. He does have to say Shazam, just like Billy Batson does to turn into Shazam himself. He has to say the word Shazam. But there is a period of time where his word changes and he has to say Isis or he has to say something and he has to say chocolate egg cream. But that's different because of the spells and everything as word changes. But when he changes into Black Adam, he is in his immortal form of Black Adam. He is blessed by six gods of Egypt. The S in Shazam stands for stamina from the god of Shu. I believe it's pronounced. I'm going to butcher all the pronunciations of all of these Egyptian gods. So just be aware of that. And from stamina from the god of Shu, he gains endurance and sustenance. If you do not know what sustenance means, when he's in Black Adam, he know he does not require air, food, or water to survive. He can immortally live without any of those things. He does not need air, food, or water. H stands for Haro or Haru, which he gets swiftness from, which grants him this the speed the ability of super speed and flight. He can fly and move up to speeds of faster than Mach ten, which is faster than the speed of sound, but not so much the speed of light. And in outer space he can travel at speeds faster than the speed of light. <clears throat> the A the first A in Shazam stands for Amon or Ammon. And that grants him his strength. And when he is blessed with that ability, he becomes the strongest metahuman or demigod in the DC universe as a whole. The Z for Shazam stands for Zehuti, I believe. That grants him his wisdom of knowledge, clairvoyance, omnilingual, which means he can speak basically every language on the planet, and hypnosis. He can hypnotize people using his abilities as well, and he has knowledge of basically everything. He's incredibly intelligent. The second A stands for Aton or Aton. I don't know how that's pronounced, and that is power. 
that fuels his magic lightning bolt that transforms him into Shazam himself or into Black Adam. And not only does it massively increase his physical abilities, it also allows interdimensional travel to from Earth to the Rock of, rock of Eternity and back. And doing this, he can also channel the god of Aton and the other gods to massively increase all of his power attacks to godlike levels. The M in Shazam and the final god that blesses him with his abilities is Mehan or Mehen, and that grants him his courage, which means he'll never back down from any fight, even knowing if he's going to lose or not, and it grants him massive invulnerability. And another one of his powers that was brought on later on in New 52 is he was able to obtain the powers of the of the goddess Isis, which vastly increases the power of all of his abilities and also gives him the power to control nature, which he can control various elements of nature using his mind, and it also grants him telekinesis, which gives him the ability to move objects with his mind. Got a lot of powers. <laughs> he does. Uh, you good? Uh, there's probably a couple more, but well, I mean, obviously, like his lightning bolts and attacks, but that'll come from his like Aton, the power from because he does the lightning bolt shit. So, like each one of these gods will, he can channel all of the powers from all six of these gods, so he can do various different attacks and moves from each individual god. Question: Does he have to call upon that god to get that power? No, he has to say when he's in human form, when Black Adam's human, his name is Teth Adam. Or in New 52, it's Theo Adam. That's the name of him as a human, as a mortal. To turn into Black Adam, he has to say Shazam. When he's okay. Shazam, he does not need to call upon the gods. He's, when he's in that form, the six gods are already blessing him with all the powers. He already has okay. them. Yes. Thank you. Yep. All right. All right. I'll, I'm a. Let's see what Fate's got. Uh, he's got three main things because Doctor Fate and one of the most interesting things about him, and I've shown you a picture of him, right? Yeah. With the fucking gold mask and everything. Yeah. Uh. His outfit is what where he gets most of his powers from. I mean, he does he does like Naboo teaches him some shit, but he's got the cloak of destiny. Which pretty much, and that's like his cape, the Cloak of Destiny. And uh, it's fireproof, which was a big deal in the Golden Age. <laughs> but, I mean, it doesn't really, I mean, it's convenient, but it's not like a, a huge thing. But uh, it, it's, uh, it's the, the cloak is a, it's a big fucking deal uh, because it's fireproof. And uh, it, it is, but he's got the Amulet of Amnibus, which is a big deal because it's got the pocket dimension. And uh, he basically can put people in your own personal prison. Like if you piss him off, he's like, "All right, Sharon, fuck you. You're in the, you're in the amulet. Really? And you're gone." So essentially, yeah. so essentially, like Doctor Strange's mirror dimension. Pretty much. Pretty much. But it, they did it 30 years before. But pretty much. Yeah, but the same the same concept is what I meant. Yes. And then of, of course. The cloak does protect against magic, and it does uh, it helps them fly and shit too. So the cloak does more than it's, it's just it's not just fireproof. Uh, some magic when he like fucking he he can use the cloak to his advantage to uh, like against spells and shit. 
And but the majority, the big, the big part of his uh, power set is in his helmet. The helmet of Naboo is one of the most powerful artifacts in the DC universe, and uh, this thing's done some damage. Like when it's not with him, it can be catastrophic and cause like earth-shattering events. Uh, this, it's the most mystical artifact, but also uh, just like. Naming it what it can do is hard because it's so, like, he gets most of his magical ability from it. It makes him invulnerable. It makes it helps it him fly. Him. It helps him with his it telekinesis. It just all all of his powers, everything he can do. It, he basically he's got like, mo like him and Black Adam might have the most superpowers out of any fucking superhero, and most of it comes from the helmet because Doctor Fate he can do anything. He, he flies. He he does the telekinesis. He you you can't kill him. He's very strong, but he doesn't really use. He he's not a super strength guy. He's not like lifting a tank or anything. He's basically doing that with his head. Okay. And he's be, and he's like making the science next to his head and shit too. He's, he can yeah, cast he's a spell like off anything. The dude's the a fucking Yeah, that's what I got. All right, now is this the the part where you two debate, uh, argue? Yeah, I mean, there's not really much to argue. I mean, they both seem pretty strong. Yeah, they're both powerful characters. They're both massively strong. Like Dan said, they are like probably two of the most overpowered superheroes and have the most like list of abilities. Yeah. Of the entire DC universe as a whole, I do agree that Martian Manhunter would have to be in that conversation as well. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. Two absolute powerhouses. The only reason why I would say that Black Adam's abilities are better than Doctor Fate's is Black Adam's are blessed within his body. It's not because of an artifact. If Doctor Fate happens to take off that helmet and lose it, he doesn't have the powers. Black would Adam's anybody else well. have the power? Whoever if gets they take the, the helmet, helmet and the helmet is them. I was going to ask that, like, if Doctor Fate loses that helmet and that helmet finds someone else. And that's the big part of it because I went with Kat Nelson here, but there's been like eight Dr. Fates. There's a guy right now yeah, named Khaled something. Yeah, but say I found the, say I found the helmet. You're Dr. Fate. Would I have that yeah. power? Okay. You, you put it on and you get the, everything and you're fucking Dr. Fate from now on. That's the thing. He, Kat Nelson, has to take it off. That's the thing. Nobody can take the helmet off of him. That's impossible. Black Adam and Superman themselves cannot remove the helmet from Dr. Fate, whoever's wearing the helmet. They, the master, the strongest, Superman, the strongest okay. man in the universe cannot he take it off. He he is he's invulnerable, but it's also comic books. They Superman dies. Everyone found a way to die. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta because he he died in a Day of Judgment and Day of Judgment, but it wasn't. Kent Nelson uh, passed the helmet on. That's a different kind of person, though. That's because his molecular structure as a being is an invulnerable like object. He cannot perish. It can't be burned. It can't be drowned. It can't be separated. He's just that. That. Yeah. All right. Who wins round one, Doug? Uh, 
as much as I like, uh, you know, the story of the origin of uh, Dr. Fate and Dr. Fate's powers. Yeah. I got to go with. Uh, Black Adam. Yeah, with, with the baby face in this round. Okay. Sharon. I got to go with Dr. Fate because I don't like the fact that he had to kill his nephew to get his powers. <laughs> That's fair. He killed his nephew because his nephew wasn't strong enough and didn't have the guts to save the people of Kandak from being terrorized. That's why he sacrificed them to take the, to take his powers because Black Adam did have the willingness to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he still killed his nephew. He did kill his nephew. I'm not cool with that. All right. <laughs> All right. Danielle, who are you going for? Um, I honestly have to go with Black Adam because I'm a sucker for Egyptian shit, and I love that that's basically where he comes from, and it's D.C., so he's, like, brutal. Yeah. And, he's definitely brutal. We'll get to that in round four. I mean, four. fake got his powers from an <laughs> Egyptian god, but I hear what you're saying. He did. Yeah, in the book. In the book, yeah. Yeah, but like Adam's six, not one. That's true. But what's the God order God's order? Isn't that more than one God? Yeah. It's what spells Shazam. Shazam. Yeah, each letter that each letter that spells Shazam stands for the name of a different God that grants him powers. And that's why they have to say the word to bring it out. Calling all of them. All right, so we're going in two one body. We're going in round two. We're doing enemies. Now, are, are the points going to carry over? Or? Yeah, the points are going to carry over. Okay. Or, or no, we're just going to give a round so it's even. Okay. Yeah. All so right. I'm one. I'm one nothing right now. Yeah. Bobby's one nothing. Okay. Right. Enemies. We're going into villains. Bobby. Let, let's keep it a little more organized this time. We'll have Bobby go. He'll he'll just name some of his villains and what they what they're about. I'll name some of Fate's villains, and then we'll kind of we'll argue which villains are better. Okay. Yeah, this will be a pretty quick round. Okay. Bobby, go. Uh, you want to go first? Uh, number one, first and foremost, Black Adam's number one arch nemesis would be the Marvel family, which would be Captain Marvel and or Shazam, as everybody knows, Billy Batson. And then Mary Marvel and Captain Marvel Jr., the Marvel, also known as the Marvel family when the three of them fight together. Another villain is the DC. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Captain Marvel Shazam before they lose a lawsuit. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, like even in the Shazam movie, the girl in the Shazam movie, the, like the girl that has the powers and then the little kid, like that's Mary Marvel. That's her name. Yeah, there's, that's the Marvel family. Okay. And then JSA, the Justice Society of America, several times. Not only was he an adversary of this group, he was also a member of the Corp and even reformed it after it was, like, finished. Uh, Dr. Thaddeus Savannah, Mr. Mind, the Frost King, <coughs> The Injustice Society, 
the four horsemen of apocalypse granny goodness sorcerer felix boss one of the deadliest sorcerers in all of dc comics side by side with dr fate felix boss is nobody to shake your fist at yeah felix boss is a badass dude absolutely uh the seven deadly sins Eclipso, the villain you are going to see in the new movie in two weeks, Stabok. Each one of those letters in his name stands for a demonic god of hell. Uh, Big Big Blue Boy Scout, Superman. The Teen Titans. The Justice League as a whole. And then Metropolis Gang, Intergang. Those are my enemies. <laughs> so the whole DC universe. There you go. Uh, no, there's a lot of people left out. No, no, I mean, Darkseid's in there too. I forgot to include that. He's in there as well. He has fought Darkseid. And Martian Manhunter. I forgot about Martian Manhunter. He has fought Martian Manhunter. <laughs> All right. All right. Now my over. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Dr. Fate, working with the Justice Society and working with the Justice League, he's encountered a, a lot of the the people you just named, and a lot a lot a lot of the same enemies and villains. And you know, he's fought against Darkseid. You know, he's fought your Eclipsos. He, he's he's fought the big threats, but he's also got a personal just a couple like big villains in his rogues gallery that are just kind of extremely powerful, but it's not one of the biggest rogues galleries of all time. Either is black Adam. Cause they both kind of, you know, they're more, they show up in team books. They show up in, in justice league a lot. And like, I mean, he was with the justice society from 1940 to like 1960 something or something like that for, for a long ass time. So Dr. Fate's been around and he's fucking, encountered many many of foes okay a big one though of his is this wizard wotan the sorcerer and wotan is a nut story because it's kind of a compelling villain it's a stone age woman that got raped and killed (laughs) yeah raped and killed by a group of people and uh she found a way to reincarnate herself and she started studying the black arts and she was going against, she was trying to see, she was trying to study into suffering and why suffering happened. And, but she just became crazy. And then she reincarnated herself again into this dude, this sorcerer, uh, Wotan. And then he became Dr. Fate's big nemesis. And then she was just like, he was evil at that point. There was no coming back. So, and they were trying to do that compelling story in like 1950, which is fucking nuts. But, uh, and, it, it, you know, it's not, I mean, it definitely needs some updates, but, uh, I mean, Wotan, huge, I mean, they, she can shift from people's bodies. So you can go from Sharon to Dan. Do the, what's the official term for that, uh, Bobo? Shape shifting. Shape shifting. Yeah? Yeah. All right. So shape shifter. Also, just a, a sorcerer altogether. So 
just casting spells left and right, trying to fuck Dr. Fate up. Also, so a big villain. I wouldn't say that's his top, because I would give his top to Anti-Fate. And Anti-Fate is basically, there was the Lords of Chaos, and this one, the big one, Typhoon, he he got Anti-Fate. He he got this uh, Benjamin Stoner, this kid's called, Benjamin Stroner, not Stoner. (laughs) And... uh, he got the kid, and uh, he basically he gave him uh, the Lords of Chaos version of uh, the Helmet of Naboo. But it, it's it's not called the Helmet of Naboo. It's the Helmet of something else. Fucking. And that's anti-fate. That's anti-fate, and uh, bad motherfucker. That that basically has the same powers as Doctor Fate, but he's evil, and he's he's fucking everybody up. And uh, him and Doctor Fate, like on a comic panel. That fight, just two like magicians going at it, and these gold cloaks just fucking like, like that needs to be in a movie someday. And uh, so I would I would say he's like one of the main antagonists, and the Lords of Chaos as a whole is basically the main antagonist for Doctor Fate. But a lot of people have have gone against him, like I said, because he's fought with the League and the Society and shit. But uh, th- those two, Wotan and Anti Fate. Are, are two of the big ones that like still show up every once in a while. And even like the, the new Dr. Fate, uh, Khaled, he's got some of his own villains, but uh, those two for Kent Nelson, that that's Kent's biggest two, Wotan and Anti-Fate. And that's all he has? He's got a, a couple more, but they're not like, they're not big time players. They're like one and done issues. Like it's, it's nothing special. It's like you if you if you pick up a comic from fucking nineteen forty two you might see him fighting this like some mobster or something, who knows. But But does he fight Shazam? Doctor Fate? Yeah. No, he fights black well, he tries to get Black Adam in the Justice That's Society in the Black movie. Adam. That's what okay. he does fight Black Adam. But he fights the Justice League villain. So he's fought against Darkseid. He's fought against, I mean, Lex Luthor's playing. So Black Adam. Black Adam is also a part of the Justice League as well. He's actually a current member of the current Justice League in the current comics today that are still being printed. Well, I'm just trying to figure out because Black Adam's fought everybody. So is Fate. Okay, that's what I'm trying to figure that's out. A, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Fate's been in two di- Justice Society. You know, all the villains in Stargirl and shit. Right. He's fought all of them. Okay, I'm trying yeah, to figure, figure that out because Bobby named all of the the ones he's. Well, yeah, I just I was trying to stick to his his main rogues gallery instead of, but he has fought like all, basically most of the villains in the universe. Okay, Doctor Fate's guy, and whenever like like because people come to him for help and shit because he's the, like their sorcerer supreme. So he's the guy like like fucking Superman will go to. I need your help against fucking okay. uh, Eclipso for this thing, and he's like okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure even in the New 52 JSA comic, I'm pretty sure Dr. Fate even puts a spell on Black Adam to assist Black Adam with his transformation between human and, and yeah, Black He's fought Black Adam. He's helped Black Adam. He's been on both sides with him. Uh, all Black right. Adam, that's, I feel like Black Adam would have more enemies. I feel Okay, we should start the debate now. Okay, go ahead. I feel like Black Adam has more enemies because not only has he been an adversary of all of these people, he's also fought alongside all of these people. So that opens up a huge, vast amount of enemies for Dr. Fate just fights alongside of them, but Black Adam not only fights alongside of them, but he also fights those people. He fights Superman, he fights Batman, he fights the Flash. 
He fights Martian Manhunter. He fights Wonder Woman. He fights Dr. Faye. He fights the, the entire JSA. Yeah. But Dr. Fate has fought against heroes, too. He went toe-to-toe with the fucking Spectre. And the Spectre is, like, the most powerful being in DC. Doctor, I mean, Dr. Fate has gone toe-to-toe with some, some big heavy hitters. Definitely, but that was that was Inspector when he was like a an actual member of the Justice League. That's when he was like going rogue and like yeah, snapping. Yeah, even worse because that he was the he was vengeance. He's basically he's the wrath of God. And when you have that doing like as an evil doer, that's even even worse than if he was just a good guy. And fucking uh, Doctor Fate went toe to toe with him and fucking nearly beat him. It was kind of a stalemate. Yeah. So, I mean, the the dude can fucking, he can go at against pretty much anybody. And he's like that dude helping from, like, he's like in the battlefield coming up with fucking spells and shit. He's not always just a straight one-on-one. He goes at it from different angles. But I guess we'll get into yeah. that in the middle of the, the battle. Oh, definitely. And Black Adam but, uh, is the type of dude who will fight more than one superhero at one time and can handle it. He can beat whole groups of superheroes at one single time by himself. I do think that Dr. Fate, because of Wotan and uh, Anti-Fate, who is Black Adam's big, Black Adam's big enemy is Shazam. That, it's, it's a hero it, it, because he is a villain at the core. I mean, he's an anti-hero now, but he like Black Adam has been a full-fledged villain. And I mean, it does mean... It does mean he has more enemies, but I, I think that Dr. Fate, in the couple like, like big ones he has, has a little more going on. At least with their story, they're a little more fleshed out than just these two things are fighting each other this time. Yeah, I mean, the four horsemen of Apocalypse, like the four horsemen that we've all come to know, but from Apocalypse. And then yeah. the seven deadly sins of humankind. Stabok, Superman himself, he fought Superman and Shazam at the same time and stood his own. But all those are fighting Shazam, too. Exactly, dude. You know, like, Shazam's basically the same person. Who's just fighting Black Adam and Shazam? Shazam is incredibly powerful. Superman level. No, he is. But his, his arch enemy is a good guy. And then when know, when he's a good guy, he doesn't cry, he doesn't have that arch enemy. That's what I'm. But when he's in this anti-hero role, who's his arch enemy? Is it Sabak? I don't know. It's anybody he needs. Anybody the JSA is fighting with, or when he's a member of the league, he's fighting them. Like, dude, right now his current villain, he's going up against fucking Pariah, in the Dark Army. Yeah. I just think. Dr. Fate's got a foundation. What's up? I said, can I go first? Yes. I don't really know how to, like, judge this round. Because, like, you guys basically have DC underneath your guys' belts. <laughs> I agree. They, 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 they both seem to have fought a lot of people. Yeah. And the same thing, and it's like, I don't know how to rate this round. 
Well, I mean, a lot of DC are fought each other. Well, Black Doctor Fate doesn't normally kill a lot of his people, and Black Adam will fucking rip your head off. <laughs> that has nothing to do with enemies, though. He kills his enemies instead of, like, just stops them. He permanently stops his enemies. Shazam's not dead. No, not Shazam. A lot of other people. I really don't know how to write this round because you guys have the same enemies and massive fucking amounts of them. I had two different ones. All right, Doug, you go first. Uh, I mean, Danielle's right. Like, you had the... You guys do have, like, the, the same enemies. Obviously, it's the same movie. Uh, the same movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, should I'm we just give them a point? Give them each a point. Really? Yeah, the okay. I guess I'll take it. So that means, that, that means it's two to one right now. Yeah, then it's two to one. Like, I can't judge this round, and the other judges can't judge this round, but you guys have massive enemies, so just give you both a point. What the f- Okay. <laughs> We're the judges, Dan. We don't want to hear no lip. <laughs> you are the judge. You are the judge. I'll take the point. That's funny. You want to do All stories right. now? Is it stories or feats? This is best stories right now. Feats is round four. All right. You want me to go first or you go first? We can just keep the same order. I'll go first again. Okay. All right, best stories. I wrote down single-issue comics. Obviously, I didn't really write down any movies because his first movie hasn't been released yet. <clears throat> but, um... All right, number one is Marvel Family, number one, 1945. His very first comic he was released in in 1945 by Fawcett Comics before they were bought out by DC later on in the 70s. Uh, But that was his very first appearance. was in 1945 in issue number one. And then the next time he was in, the next best story I believe he was in was The Power of Shazam, which is when they were, when... Fawcett Comics was bought by DC, so now Shazam and Black Adam are now officially DC characters. This was the first book where those two were pinned against each other as Shazam being the hero and Black Adam being the villain. And this was back, and I believe, in the late 70s or the early 80s. And then the Justice Society of America Savage Times, uh, JSA Black Reign, and JSA Black Vengeance. Huge JSA comic storylines that have heavily featured Black Adam and Dr. Fate. So, honestly, Dan could use those stories for his side as well because they're both in it. Yes. Uh, And the huge event that everybody knew, I believe, existed in the Infinite Crisis era. Uh, The World War III, which was a pretty big comic, which I recently read. Pretty good. And then Black Adam, The Dark Age, which I also recently read, you know, where he was 
basically exiled and he no longer has his powers and he can't figure out how to change back in the Black Adam and he's has just carrying around his love's bones and he goes to a Lazarus pit and tries to revive her. It's a pretty good comic. It was one of the ones where that like they're trying. That was like one of the first comics to kind of show that he's more or less becoming an anti-hero instead of a straight villain. <clears throat> and then Black Adam and Isis, the whole love story behind him and the goddess, the goddess of Isis, which when she died, she ended up granting Black Adam her powers, which I said earlier in the power section of this of this challenge when he when he gets her powers, it vastly increases all of his powers to unbelievable levels and also grants him the ability to control nature and also telekinesis. Uh, the Infinite Crisis Villains United comic line, which was a huge one involving Lex Luthor and the other, um, like, all the other, like, gangs of bad villains, like the Evil Society, like the Mad Society of Evil, which is Mr. Mine. I forgot what the name of that one was. And then the one with Lex Luthor. And then the uh, Black Adam Endless Winter, which was a more recent one. I'm pretty sure that was in the the Dark Metal series, the Death Metal series, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Endless it was Winter. Death Metal. Yeah. That was a really good comic. I read that a while ago. That was a good one. And then Black Adam, Rise and Fall of an Emperor. I believe this is a comic that's going to heavily influence the new movie as well, on top of Black Adam's uh, New 52 origin story. And then another one I put on there was Black Adam number one of 2022, his current run of, I believe, his first official solo ongoing series, not a limited series. I'm pretty sure this is his first official ongoing series in, in like a solo title. Yeah. And now that's all my stories. Yeah, his new run, I will say his new run is pretty good. It, it's it's different, and uh, it, it's it's not bad. I do like the new Black Adam series. All right. I like him as a hero, dude. It's cool to see him fucking, I don't give a fuck, I'm going to kill a hero, and then at the same time he's going to fight villains and shit and still kill him. Yeah. Yeah. I do like him in the universe. He is badass. All right. Dr. Fate, some of his best stories, and he has had some minute, he does show up in group things. So the old Justice Society comics, like he was in issue number one uh, in uh, All-Star Comics when uh, they they formed the Justice Society. And uh, in team books, one of his best appearance is Legends, which is the event right after Crisis on Infinite Earths. And Darkseid is the main vil- villain of Legends. And he basically steps up when the League is destroyed and they basically, they're beaten, they're defeated, and they don't know what to do. He rounds up the troops and then he takes them to basically Darkseid's footsteps and says, no, we're going to fuck you up. And he brings the League together and he leads them into battle against Darkseid and his forces. So, and that's like a shining moment for him. So the, the legend series is for sure, uh, a, check that out. If you want to see Dr. Fate interact with the heroes and look cool as hell, uh, other helmet of fate, which was a mini series, which is the fate in different hands of different people and different magic users 
and uh, the DC universe, and then it eventually finds its way back to Kent Nelson. That's a cool little miniseries. Uh, the the books of mystery, uh, which is based on Kent Nelson getting the the helmet back, and uh, and that's kind of a uh, it's newer it's kind of newer age. It, it's you know it's in the last couple decades, so it's newer age for him because he's got a lot of he's got a lot of old ones too. But uh, All Star Squadron, uh, a couple of those, uh, like issue twenty eight and twenty nine, is when he uh, helps you know bring the Spectre back which uh, I'll be bringing up in feats too, because he, he goes toe to toe with the specter beat kind of beats him and then like brings him back to what he's supposed to be. So, and that is, and he could have like died throughout that whole process. So those are like shining moments of his in in certain stories. And uh, he, yeah. So, so those are legends, the all-star squadron, like 28, 29, uh, Helmet of Fate, the miniseries, Books of Mystery, and Doctor Fate, Volume One, in like 1986, when they when they did after Crisis and he got his own series. That's a really underrated book. Now, when did he first come out? 1940. Okay. He but he he showed up because that's when they had like the strips. So you would have like All Star Comics and more fun comics, and then you would have a strip of Doctor Fate and a strip of Superman. And, that's a, not everyone had their own books back then. Gotcha. That was before even Superman number one and stuff. So uh, Man, yeah, he, he's like a back in the he's old old like he's only two years after Superman. So uh, Doctor Fate's been around for a hot minute. Then he's been revamped. Like and, and, yeah, like there there is other stuff like like what's up? I said both our characters came out in the forties. Mine was nineteen forty five. Yours was nineteen forty. Yes. Well, yeah, because Black Adam came came out with uh, with Charlton as a straight Shazam villain. Well, Captain Marvel. Yeah, Marvel Family Number One, which was released in 1945 under under Fawcett Comics. Exactly. So they both been around for a minute. But those are some Doctor Fate stories. You can also check out like Fate in the '90s, but that's when everyone was getting edgy. There was a new Doctor Fate. It wasn't even Kent Nelson. It was Jared Stevenson his name was and he cut like half the mask off and he like and he like boiled it down into like a machete <laughs> it was like it was super 90s and edgy how was he able to destroy the helmet dude if like superman and black adam can't do it how the fuck was a normal joe schmo able to melt it down and break it because it was bonded with him so so he he was able to melt it down because he still used it and cuz it was the 90s and they didn't give a fuck uh, but but Jared so Stevens. I have a question. If you um have the helmet, you can destroy the helmet. Well, not technically. I don't think that Kent Nelson can destroy the helmet. I think it was the '90s, and they were trying to make this new fate edgy and cool for the new millennium. And everyone, they thought he would like him if he melted down the helmet into a machete. I, I don't think that logic really really proceeds to that. Was it canon or was it unfolded? No, it, it was in continuity, but it didn't matter towards anything. That, that's that's not a run that I actually that I recommend. I was just saying it's out there, <laughs> but because uh, Jared Stevenson, that's a whole different Doctor Fate, and that that's when they yeah, were like everything was edgy. That's when Superman died. That's when Batman got his bat broken. So they're like, all right, we'll have Doctor Fate like 
We'll do Dr. Fate and take away the thing that's cool about Dr. Fate, which is his costume. But, uh, but yeah, check out the other shit. Not that. <laughs> a great closing pitch. Uh, all right, you want to you wanna debate for a second? I think that uh, Dr. Fate has better standalone comics than Black Adam. Black Adam? I mean, Dr. Fate definitely has more standalone comics, but I feel like Black Adam has been involved in more... And more like like central and powerful storylines than Doctor Fate has. They honestly they've been in a lot of the same ones. Most of the time they're in the same ones, but like a lot of like the newer stuff after Rebirth, like in the Death Metal area area, like the Endless Winter and like Rise and Fall of an Emperor, and even his newer run with like the whole newer Justice League and everything. Yeah. And like the World War event, like a lot of the like a lot of the events are like are central around Black Adam being one of the main villains. Black Doctor Fate's usually centered as like one of the side characters, given give or take like a few stories where Doctor Fate is actually centralized as like the central character. But a lot of the times, even though Black Adam might not be the main hero, he is a lot of the times the main villain or the main antihero. Well, yeah, and that that is a good point because Black Adam he will be the main thing, but I will say that Doctor Fate is in more shit. And I think he might not be the the biggest. It might not be an event surrounded around him to where as it may be with Black Adam, but he is still one of the characters helping the fight, and and he's and he's done that in like in pretty much every event. Doctor Fate's shown up. He's been in Dark Crisis as is uh, Adam, but the Doctor yeah. Fate pretty much shows up no matter what. No, he's not I mean, always he's been- a special character. But he yeah. also has his, he has more of his own series than Black Adam. He, he's had more mini series, and he's he's had a couple ongoing runs, and he's I had a little. And he's been around because uh, when Black Adam, he's been around and used more consistently. Because we got to remember Black Adam for the first like twenty years, straight villain, straight villain at Charlton, straight villain. Comes to DC, he becomes a little more anti-hero-y in the '90s, and then way more in the 2000s. But like '99 and below, this man just shows up to be a, a Shazam villain a lot of the times. So, I mean, I mean, was- starting at Crisis on Infinite Earths and on is when they started featuring him in a lot more of the main events. Like in Crisis on Infinite Earths, Black Adam was a huge like event part of that entire series. Like Black Adam was invading, I think it was Earth Four or Earth Three, and he was destroying the fucking planet. Yeah, like he was destroying an entire Earth during one of the biggest events in DC Comics. Like he was one of the hugest. He was one of the big central villains of one of the biggest events in DC Comics history. I mean, that was. He might not be in as many stories as Dr. Fate, but his impact on the stories, Black Adam's impact, is far more heavier than Dr. Fate's. That's also, you got to think instrumental on what, though, because while he's doing that, Anti Monitor is fucking eating up all the planets. So he really wasn't a central villain in that. Yeah, but this is a metahuman villain. This is a metahuman on Earth, not a fucking centennial multiversal being who is part of the creation of the multiverse itself. But Black this is Adam's a thing was person. also a couple panels. It wasn't a whole, like, a big issue of it. It was it was a couple panels. Oh, this is going on. He's destroying some Yeah, shit. but, like, like, Dr. Fate didn't do that. Like, Black Adam destroyed an entire Earth. 
Doctor Fate's in the big, the big famous panel of all the heroes charging at the Anti Monitor. You can see Doctor Fate right fucking right by Superman. Fucking fly, flying. He's doing a weird flying pose with his fucking two hands above his head like a like a fucking Michael Phelps wannabe. But uh, <laughs> he fucking, he's he's fighting the Anti Monitor with the rest of the fucking big time heroes. He's in the biggest battle of the book. He is. Like, like I said, Black Adams, a lot of the time he's centralized as a villain for most of the comics that, like you said, like late 80s, early 90s and down, he's mainly featured in mainly Shazam comics, but even other comics as villains, like yeah. JSA. And he was a JSA villain, like, I believe, like in the 60s or 70s a few times. Yeah. And like he's been, then he's also a member of that team. He's been a member of all these teams as heroes in these big events. Like he's part of the Dark Crisis and Infinite Earths event currently. He's part of the Justice League. And the Crisis and Infinite Earths event, he was a villain destroying the planet. He's definitely, I thought, I mean, they definitely both have been featured a lot in a lot of different stories. Black Adams definitely, I feel like, been centralized more. I just feel like Black Adams' impact on the. In, the storylines themselves is more than fates. He might have more like impact on some of the bigger events, but I think fate's been <laughs> featured more in his own solo stuff. Like we, like we know about Wotan and, and, and shit like that because we've gotten to like step into fate's shoes and like get his perspective and really read his book and, and like see what he's like, Adam's always against somebody. It's not like, I mean, you're always against somebody, but the book's never really from Adam's point of view. It's always like, oh, we're doing all this shit. Oh, Black Adam's here. Holy shit. And, and you know, he, he is a I big mean, part. That depends on the story you're reading. Like, like a lot of the events, like even given the titles of the books, if you look at like a lot of like the individual issues of series of events in, in continuity, yeah. Dr. Yeah. Fate's name is mentioned in any of the titles, but a lot of them have Black Adam's name, like, straight in the title, like Black Adam's Endless Winter, which was a death metal comic. His name's literally in the title of the comic. It's centralized him as the main, like, the main character of the comic. World War Three, it doesn't have his name in the title, but he's, like, the centralized character of that storyline. And, like, the, all the three JSA comics, they have, like, Black Rain, and not the Black Adam because he's a centralized character in that story. Black Vengeance that has Black Adam on the cover of it. It's just Black Adam on the cover of a Justice Society of America comic, which features Doctor Fate, the Flash, and the Alan Scott's Lantern and Wildcat and all those other characters. But it's literally just Black Adam on the cover of the comic. Yeah, he's. I mean, he he's gotten covers. He he has been a big time character. And he has been centralized, but he also, he doesn't have that, that main ongoing run that I think Dr. Fate's had a lot more of. I think like, it's usually Black Adam with other, with other people, with other heroes. I don't think we've gotten that until like right now with the Black Adam. And it's even not Black Adam. It's him passing the torch to to the the white Adam, (laughs) which is. Yeah, but he still has his powers though. He he does, but it's also we still haven't even in that story we don't have like an intimate like like a main villain for him to go against like yet. Like we haven't really gotten like a, a nice intimate Black Adam story where it's just him like 
fucking attack. Like, it's always otherworldly shit, which makes sense with the scope of the character. He's a powerful character. It makes sense. But we've gotten Dr. Fate in that kind of, like, TV show-esque ongoing issue after issue. Let's see what he's up to this month type deal. Where Black Adam, he's the event guy. Which, I mean, you can make that claim that that's more important, but I think the other one is. All right. You got you got more, Bobo? Uh, no, that's about it. All right. We want to go first to the judge. That's the end of round three. Uh, we'll give it to we'll, – we'll let uh, – Sharon, you want to go first? I'm going to go Dr. Fate because he has standalone and team issues. Yeah. Um, so he can be his own guy or he can be a team guy. All right. Dougie. I got to agree with Sharon on this one. I know she's shocked. Uh, but, yeah, no. Standal- standalone and team issues. So, obviously, you know, team player. Uh, Black Adam, we know, isn't. <laughs> That's what makes him cool, though. Yeah. But, uh, all right, Danielle. I am sorry, Faith, but I do got to agree with Sharon and Dougie. It is Dr. Fate because he has his own personal... And he is in other ones. Black Adam has his own personals. Black Adam in the Dark Age was a limited series where it was just him. Black Adam and Isis, that was a limited series where it was just him. Black Adam Endless Winter, that was like two or three issues. Well, either face are better. The debate... It'll it'll hold round for that. You had a whole round to bring those up, honey, and you didn't. I did! I heard a lot of the team stuff. Uh... It's neither here nor there. I mean, they they both have had. I mean, he has had some miniseries, and this this current miniseries has twelve issues, so he is getting more and more issues. Uh, what what's next? Yeah. What are we doing next? Feats. Yeah, feats is next. All right. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure you got a fucking tenfold for this one. I definitely do. All right. All right. With being Black Adam, without being granted the power of Isis, like I mentioned earlier, that's later on in 52, and he gains that ability after she dies. Before that, he has the, with ease in one hand, he can easily lift over 100,000 tons with ease. Without the power of Isis. With the power of Isis, it's like, it's an, it's, Multiply that by tens and maybe even hundreds. He can stand toe-to-toe with Superman one-on-one all day long. Equally as powerful as Superman. Can Believe it or not, he could potentially even kill Superman given the abilities because of all Black Adam's magic abilities and given Superman's vulnerability to magic. He probably could defeat Superman in a one-on-one fight. Black Adam has defeated the entire Justice Society of America by himself, Dr. Fate included, in the team of the Justice Society of America. Black Adam has defeated Dr. Fate, Wildcat, Alan Scott, The Flash, all of those people at one single time. While all of them are fighting Black Adam, he won by himself. He has, there was a time where he pushed The Flash past Alan Scott, or um, what's the original Flash's name? Alan Scott. 
No, that's the lantern. No, 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 no. no. Uh, uh, fucking. Why? Why am I blanking now? Jay Garrett. The one Jay Garrett. Yeah, Jay, Jay Garrett. Garrett. There's there's a comic way back then when he faced the JSA when he pushed that flash way past his speed limit and it fucked him up. Um, even without, when Black Adam was in his human form, known as Teth Adam in the Black Adam, the Dark Age limited series, he managed to kill a Yeti in his human form. Without the powers of the of the gods, without the powers of Black Adam, in his human form, he managed to kill a Yeti. There is an issue where Power Girl also known as in, like basically an alternate reality version of Supergirl, a Kryptonian member of the Superman's family. Black Adam one-shots her with a sonic clap. He just claps his hands real hard and it one-shots Power Girl. Black Adam has, soul alone again by himself, defeated the entire Shazam family. Shazam himself... Captain Marvel Jr. and Mary Marvel. He's defeated them entirely by himself while all three of them were fighting him at the same time. There is a huge moment. This is probably one of the biggest feats uh, of all is in the the one issue in the main events of the comics after Black Adam becomes entirely a rage, he manages to destroy the entire nation of Byla and he manages to kill every single citizen within the nation containing over 2 million people in under 36 hours. Black Adam annihilated the entire nation, killed every single citizen in its population in under 36 hours, and completely levied the land that the country sat on. After he did this years down the line, he came into a one-on-one fight with Martian Manhunter, and Martian he realized that he wasn't able to defeat Martian Manhunter one-on-one. So he entered Martian Manhunter's mind with his telekinesis powers because of the power of Isis, and he mentally showed an image of Black Adam killing those two million people, and that drove Martian Manhunter absolutely mentally insane, and he fled into deep space and didn't come back for a long time. Drove Martian Manhunter absolutely nuts, and he couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle seeing what Black Adam's done. It made him go insane. He manages in the ISIS, he manages to fall in love with her, and that becomes his wife. In the Dark Age, she's dead, and he's walking around with her bones. He manages to resurrect her, and he realizes that when she's resurrected, she's not the same person. So this is the first and only kill Black Adam has ever committed out of love, and he have, and he takes her life so she doesn't have to live like that, and it's not worth the resurrection. And the other one um, is Amazo, which is a ginormous robot, which is similar to Taskmaster for Marvel, that Ra's al Ghul constructed that can basically look at you and copy your strength and copy your abilities. So if it looks at Superman, it has the strength and all of the abilities that Superman has. And he can look at the entire Justice League and copy all of their moves and match all of their strength and speed or whatever their abilities are. He can do it. Black Adam manages to rip off and take Amazo's head off in a battle. Manages to cut his head right off. And there is also a comic where Terror Man, another villain within the DC Universe, Black Adam ripped him in half with his bare hands in a public display. 
damn, bro. Absolutely. They absolutely tore that human being to shreds and turned him into a pile of body parts in the middle of the streets in a public display in front of the entire city. Yes, sir. Those are my things. The man's done a lot of shit. But you know what? So is Dr. Fate, Dougie. Really? Hey, that's some shit. Tell us about it. Uh, he beat up an evil Superman back in the day. This is back in the golden age, so not as... I'm not even going to throw It's not as like... Uh, I mean, some say that Superman was more powerful, but still. Uh, I don't know if that should count as much. Uh, he accessed the sphere of gods, which to me, and this is like my main event feat. This isn't like a little one. This is like he accessed the sphere of gods, which it's a dimension in reality. And it basically is the source of all magic in the DC universe. And it ho- it houses every god, every single god. And it's a dimension in reality. He accessed it, cast a spell over it, and almost destroyed it on purpose. Wanted to destroy it, but decided it wasn't a good idea. So he could have destroyed every god. And the number one god, powerful being in the DC universe, is this thing called the Presence. And the Presence kind of, he can connect to the Source Wall. You know the Source Wall. You've been reading the Justice League Rebirth stuff, Bobby. So the the Source Wall... And the presence is like the two most, that's like almost godlike for, or like kind of our version of God. And uh, the, that's what the presence is. Uh-oh. He's like the God of Abraham almost. Okay. Like he, he's like, like that one thing looking all, all over DC. He, and he's in the sphere of gods. And Dr. Fate accessed it and was able to destroy it if he wanted to. And just decided not to. That's how powerful this motherfucker is. Uh, and, I mean, and Black Adam's done a lot of crazy shit, too. But, but that, that is magical on a whole other level. Uh, the things he can do with time manipulation, uh, he created a rift in a membrane and binded space and time. Uh, he put a ship crew 400 years back that was like lost in time. He's like, all right, I'll send you back to your day and age. <laughs> like a fucking pirate ship crew. Uh, he sent a tele telepathic message to wonder woman when, uh, they were like fucked <laughs> on an adventure and he didn't know what to do. He, he like somehow spoke to wonder woman. Uh, and she, she got the message and, uh, her red tornado came to save the day. Uh, he ba- he uh, he knows where Bruce Wade's consciousness is at all times. I don't know if that's a feat or just kind of stalking on a whole other level, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> he knows what what the Batman's gonna do, whatever the fucking Batman's gonna do it, uh, and he can convert bodily forces into pure power. He he can like just I mean that that's more in powers and abilities though that that's not really just feats but he also dodged Batman and Superman fucking coming at him full speed when they were possessed by Darkseid in that Legends miniseries he somehow avoided their attacks and like took over the manipulation like he uh he fucked with their heads uh, I I can't find the right word but he basically stopped uh 
dark side's hold over their brain. So he's a powerful fucking dude. And he, cause he's done like, he's not like black Adams, very magic and power and, and, uh, Dr. Fate's magic as well, but that's, he's more to like make shit happen from a distance, but he can do some crazy shit. As I just listed, uh, the specter looked at him and I said, the specter, that's the vengeance of God. Uh, basically one of the, like I'm the top five most powerful beings in the DC universe. He looked at Dr. Fate and said, you're almost as powerful. You're basically as powerful as I am. Like you're right there. Alan Scott called him the original Green Lantern, called him the most powerful being in the cosmos. Yeah. Kent Nelson has done some crazy shit. And, uh, He's just, he's just known as this like this mystical god that can do anything. Yes, he has been a, a side character in some stuff, but arguably that could be that could be chalked down to writers not knowing what to do with him because he's so fucking powerful. And how can you make this guy compa- and how can you put this guy like at the front and center because he would he would take over everything because he can pretty much do everything. Uh, to me, that's why he gets pushed to the side for for some things because they don't know how to write him. Just like Justice League in Justice League Unlimited, they would take Superman out of the battle really quick because it's hard to justify why can't Superman just beat everybody's ass. It's kind of the same thing with Doctor Fate sometimes. I feel like Lexington plays away because a lot of the time writers just know what to do with them. Like wrote them as a big villain, didn't use them anymore. They're finally starting to realize the kind of character he is and the kind of role he can play in the universe. It's taking yeah. writers too long. And he's banished demons to hell. So it's a pretty it's pretty cool. All right, that's my feet. You want to argue? I, I really don't have anything bad to say about your feet. I mean, I, I've read a lot of them, so. Oh, yeah, Black Adam's a motherfucker. Dr. Faye definitely had a lot of things. I wouldn't really list him having the presence to be able to destroy the thing of the gods as a feat because he didn't do it. He might have had access and had the ability to do it, but he didn't. So I wouldn't really yeah, list that, that as a feat. That's a, that's that's a huge feat. He casted a spell over it and had it in his like vision. Like he accessed all, like a, a dimension of reality that nobody can get to. That is a crazy yeah, he fucking it, But he didn't do anything with it. If he would have done something with it, that would have classified it as a feat. Just accessing it is a fucking feat because Black Adam can't do that. Superman can't do that. Nobody can do that. He did that. that that's a feat. If you're the only person that can fucking do something, that's a feat. Because he has the helmet. Anybody else has the helmet that could probably do it. But they don't. And he does, and he fucking made it, he accessed it, and if he wanted, and he was very close to destroying it. And destroying, it would have been a feat too, but why? And it it would destroy, like, the fabric of the DC Universe, still. And he knew that. He knew that great power and responsibility, and he chose not to fuck with that. To me, that's a huge feat, because he had the ability to do that, and he said no. That's a feat in my eyes. To each one. I would just say, if Dr. Fate took off his helmet, would he be able to kill a Yeti? No, probably not. <laughs> Black Adam can do it when he's not in Black Adam form. He can do it as a human being. 
not before he gets the powers. No, it's while he has the powers, but he converts back to a human. I mean, his powers, he doesn't know how, at this time, he doesn't know how to convert into Black Adam because the magic word was changed, and he doesn't know what the new word is. So he's yeah. forced to be in human form. So he has to fight a Yeti in human form, and he kills and beats the Yeti. I don't think he's going to be killing the Yeti in the movie. <laughs> no, I don't think they're going to do that. It'd be cool, but I don't think they're going to do that. No. And like I said, he managed to beat the entire Justice Society, Dr. Fate included, by himself. He managed to beat Dr. Fate in a fight alongside, like, seven other people. Yeah. Yeah, they overpowered him for an event. And he beat up a bunch of heroes. But those are also, like, sideswipe, like, like a fucking... He, he, like, they didn't get into an ass actual fight. If him and Black Adam are going toe to toe, and that, that's the whole next round. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm ended there. I'm good. Me too. All right, all right, Doug. Who's your point? Doctor Fate. All right, Danielle. Who's your point? Um, Black Adam. Sharon. Um, Doctor Fate. I think. Really. I'm torn. I want to give it to both of you, actually. We can't do that again. <laughs> I would say Black Adam has a lot more feats, for sure, than Dr. Fate does. Dr. Fate might have that one real big one, but he's got that. He doesn't have a lot more. Black Adam has lists. I didn't even list all of them because I didn't feel like writing at all. He has so many. Yeah, he's got a lot. Okay, let's go Black Adam. All right, three to two. Obino, if I if I win the next round, I don't know what the fuck we're gonna yeah, do. Yeah, one more fucking round. Yeah, two would win in the fight. Yeah, this is who would win in a hypothetical fight if these dudes had to come up against each other. <laughs> you can go. This is basically just a straight debate. This isn't like much. This is just a straight debate. This would be a quick round. All right, I'm I'm sticking around. You don't have. I'm pretty sure it's three right now. I'm pretty sure it's one. Hurry the fuck up. The Chiefs are playing the Raiders. All right. Go first. Why would why would Black Adam win in a fight? I believe Black Adam would win in a fight. For one, he's already done it several times by himself. A lot. Well, not only is like I said, is he beating them. With other heroes alongside Doctor Fate, Black so Adam beat all of them at the same time. I'm sorry, can Dr. I ask a question real quick? When you say yeah. win in a fight, do you mean against Doctor Fate and Doctor Fate against Black Adam, or you mean any fight? It's it's Black Adam by himself versus the entire Justice Society of America. So it's Doctor Fate, the Flash. Well, that's what he's saying right now. Okay, no, but I'm talking. What is this round really? Who would win in a fight against, against each, each other? other? Yeah. Okay. Like this is what I'm bringing up. Like it's already been done in the past that Black Adam has defeated Doctor Fate in comic books multiple times throughout history. What Black Adam? No, he hasn't beaten Doctor Fate's ass that many times. He's beaten him a couple. I wouldn't say like it's like a a double digit number. Big time, 
What the fuck are you? No, we'll go back and get issues at this point. No way. He is not just. He doesn't just walk in the panel and fucking throw Doctor Fate at the wall like a dartboard. He's definitely beating them, and Doctor Fate does have a vast amount of abilities, and he's very strong. But he has to sit there and he has to take the time to cast the spell. And Black Adam can move at incredible speeds, and he has incredible strength. He would be able to move and have an attack and land it way faster than Doctor Fate can do a spell. He has, he's granted with supersonic speed gifted to him from the, from a god. He can move at Mach 10 and a half speed, which is like three miles per second. Which so, is faster than the speed of sound, almost the speed of light. He would be able to move and be able to get to Dr. Fate and hit him with an extremely powerful attack because Black Adam is immensely powerful before Dr. Fate would be even have the chance to cast a spell on Black Adam. The helmet would protect Dr. Fate, but if Black Adam did this amount of time, did this relentlessly and unleashed his full amount of chaos and rage on Dr. Fate while he was trying to cast spells, Dr. Fate would not be able to cast a spell fast enough with the amount of damage that, Dr. that Black Adam would inflict in a short amount of time. He's immensely fast. He's immensely powerful. Black Adam can attack you from a distance with lightning. When you get up close to him, his immense strength, raw strength, is match is Superman matching level. He has he also has magical abilities. He's he has the power of six gods at one time. Seven actually, because he got the powers of Isis. The goddess of Isis's powers after she died. Black Adam is, and arguably, out of besides like Celestials, like Pariah and like Darkseid and like Perpetua and individuals in like the Presence and people like that. Like of all heroes, I firmly believe Black Adam, Superman, and Martian Manhunter are the three strongest in the entire universe. Black Adam, Martian Manhunter, and who? Superman. Yeah. Superman being the strongest and Black Adam and Martian Manhunter relatively coming in a tie, I would give it to Martian Manhunter going to second because his mind control and his mental abilities are absolutely fucking insane. But Black Adam is definitely in the top three of the most powerful beings in the entire DC universe besides like the presence and those all celestial like people who created the multiverse itself. Obviously, he's like an ant to those people, but that's why I'm excluding those characters because everything in existence is an ant to that. Yeah, I uh, I think it would be a closer fight than you would than you would think. I think uh, I think he can cast spells that fast because he does it at fucking like lightning speed, almost like how the Flash runs. But he fucking he casts spells in a fucking millisecond sometimes. That guy. And what happens when Black Adam goes to to go at him and he gets put in a pocket dimension? <clears throat> Doctor Fate would trapped him. He would be have to be able to like advantage to be able to catch him to put him in the pocket dimension. That's pretty easy with the amulet. You can just fucking put people in the pocket dimension. And he's got it on his neck. That's like it's made. And Black Adam might not be strong enough. He might be impossible to remove or destroy the helmet of Dr. Fate, but he can break the amulet and he can destroy that. Well, you have to get to it before he gets put in the pocket dimension. 
That's why I'm saying like he has that speed. He has that speed of a god. He has the six powers of individual god. And Black Adam, like I said earlier, one of the I'm pretty sure it was the M in Black Adam. No, it was the Z for Zahuti, the knowledge. It gives him incredible knowledge and battle strategic. And he even yeah. has the ability of hypnosis, so he can even hypnotize Dr. Fate, given the ability if he had the opportunity to do that. No, I don't think he's going to be able to die. He can't do it. No Given way. the slight window no of opportunity to be able to do that, it would be immensely hard for Black Adam to do that to Dr. Fate. Like I, I said, it would have to be a golden fucking tiny window that would open for him to do that. I think if there's anyone you're not hypnotizing, it's Dr. Fate. I mean, he managed to outmaneuver and make Martian Manhunter go mentally insane through telekinesis, bro. Yeah. And he made Martian flee a battle because he was going insane and he was too scared of what Black Adam was showing him. And that's Martian Manhunter. (laughs) Martian Manhunter. Yeah. I mean, Dr. Fate uh, has done some crazy shit, though. I mean, he can fucking, he can banish you to hell. <laughs> what if he just banishes him to hell? What's he going to do? He can. He I can. mean, he absolutely can. I mean, Black Adam has been banished before and has flown back. It took him like 500 or 5,000 years after the Wizard of Shazam banished him off of Earth to a different planet and... Black Adam came back. He just flew back to Earth. He broke out of where he was put, and he came back. So if they fight and Dr. Fate banishes him, technically he wins for about 5,000 years. For a while. I mean, yeah, he would win temporarily. It wouldn't technically be, it wouldn't technically be a defeat. It would be like, hey, I just I removed you from the fight. Yeah. Like, if it was a battle to the death, I absolutely think Black Adam would rip Dr. Fate apart. It wouldn't be, it would, it wouldn't be like an immediate, like, as soon as the fight starts, Dr. Fate would die. It would, it would go on for a while, but I definitely think Black Adam would be standing over Fate's body. I don't think he could kill him. I really don't. He might beat him, but I don't think he could kill him. And I think Dr. Fate's got a couple tricks up his sleeve that could, like, really distract and fuck, uh, fuck with Black Adam a, a good amount. I think he can do some shit. I think, like, lightning bolts coming down aren't going to do anything. He's actually did that. Yeah, it's, even been, it's even been proven in comics, actually, where there was actually a feat that I didn't write down. It was where Dr. Fate casted lightning on Black Adam while they were fighting. And Black, Adam, lightning, yeah. and Black Adam was just laughing at him. He was like, unpainful, unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. He's like, regular lightning really thinks going to affect me. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, if you do that to Shazam, it's not going to do much either. But, uh, no, I, I think it would be a close fight. But I, I got Dr. Dr. Fate. I think he could get the edge up. I think he could pull it. I think he could cast a, a mean spell and, and really, really fuck with uh, Black Adam. And I think it'd be hard for Black Adam to catch Dr. Fate. He is really fast, but Black, uh, Dr. Fate can like shapeshift out of nowhere and just fucking, he, he can, can be so. Black Adam doesn't have to physically get close to you and punch you in the face to attack you. Black Adam can attack you from a distance. 
with magic. Yeah, he, but I think the first 15 minutes would be him trying to hit him with the lightning bolts and fate fucking right, comes on from dimension to dimension. But then when he realizes he can't get so close to him because he has that knowledge as a hoodie, so he would definitely back off and realize he has to use more ranged attacks. He has that incredible knowledge. Yeah. And he's invulnerable and sustenance. It would like you can't kill Black Adam. Like if it came down to the death of it, Doctor Fate would not be able to kill Black Adam because he's unkillable. You would have to turn him back in the human form and then kill him that way. But if it, when he's in the form of Black Adam, it's, it's immortal. He can't be killed. Well, yeah, that's the same thing with the helmet. You can't kill Fate with the helmet on. All right, I'm done. Thank you. All right. Who won? I think Dr. Fate won. You give that one to Fate? I give that one to Fate. As much as I like Black Adam, and I do. All right, Danielle? I got to go with Black Adam. I think he's more powerful than Dr. Fate, man. All right. Darren, give it to Black Adam because I don't want to do a sudden death round. Okay, Black Adam. I was just and you guys have a tie. Were you going to pick Black Adam already on yourself, Sharon? You were there. I was pretty much taking Black Adam, yeah. Yeah, I was taking Black Adam. Come on. I, was I think Black, now that the round's over, I think Black Adam's winning it <laughs> over, over Dr. Fate. He's an immensely like powerful dude. I like Dr. Fate better as a character, but. I, I mean, as a character, yeah, as a fighter, probably. Doctor, I mean, Black Adam's a badass fucking dude. See, that's but, the um, one thing about like the character part of the aspect of Black Adam that I feel like lacks, because nobody's really like done him right. He's been rewritten and he's been shift shaped in so many different ways. It's not really who Black Adam, because he's like he was originally a villain and then he was like. And for like 20 years, he wasn't even in comics at all because they, after Marvel Family, they just didn't release him anymore after they killed him. And then after DC bought him, that's when they started putting him in comics again. And like they retconned it to like where he was the same thing, but it was a rewritten origin again. And then they, again, they rewrote his origin again. And then they turned it around where he's no longer a villain anymore, and now he's an anti-hero. And now he's really leaning more towards the heroic side of the spectrum more than villainous, like. Black Adam's, like, consistent character aspects have kind of been all over the place, whereas Dr. Fates has been a lot more consistent since his creation. Yeah, I don't think I would disagree with that. All right, Doug, share your release from your duties. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, had really good arguments. Oh, thank you, thank you. You did. Uh, but... No, I think uh, I think both characters are fucking dope, and I think I mean there is a reason why we're getting a Black Adam movie with Doctor Fate as one of the side characters. So make sure you go see Black Adam in the theaters October <laughs> 20, uh, weekend October twenty first. We will in two weeks. We will be reviewing that movie. Well, we should. Uh, yeah, we one hundred percent will be reviewing Black Adam the, mon- the Monday after. In that movie, I'm pretty sure Black Adam's probably going to kick Dr. Fate's ass at least once. Because it's probably going to be like the whole chance. It looked like Dr. Fate was trying to hold down Black Adam and he couldn't do it in the trailer. It looked like he was struggling real hard to hold him. Yeah, I know Hawkman gets fucked up. We already see that in the trailer. 
Oh, dude, that man dies every other story he's in. He's definitely gonna fucking die. Black Adam's gonna rip him. Dude, Hawkman always dies. That's like his thing. He dies in everything. One of his main powers is resurrection. Yeah, but he doesn't die in everything. 100% dying in the movie, bro. 100% Hawkman's gonna get fucking killed. He doesn't die in every issue, though. I guarantee you they're going to fucking kill him. And then in like the next, later on in the universe, like in the next movie or two, he's going to pop back up. He'll be resurrected again. But he's definitely going to fucking die. It's a fucking real one. Uh, if there's a fight right there, he charged at Black Adam, and Black Adam just grabbed him and his mace and just fucking charged him with lightning and threw him across the city. I was like, this dude's not living this fight. <laughs> Hawkman right. is not living to see the end of this battle, dude. Do we want to talk House of Dragons? we got about a half hour left in radio time here. Hell yeah. All right. Let's move on then. That was a lot of fun. You got the W, Black Adam, uh, beat Dr. Fate. Uh, it was a hard-fought uh, battle. And that was, that was a good face-off. And we'll be back. Uh, well, do you want to announce it now or at the end of the episode? Yeah. Next week, well, we're going to do another face-off. This one is going to be a Marvel versus DC standoff or face-off. And Daniel is going to represent the DC side of the spectrum, and I am going to represent Marvel. Daniel will be with Blue Beetle, and I will be with Miles Morales' version of Spider-Man. Yes. The two teenage kids, two teenage Spanish heroes just trying to make it. (laughs) In an everyday life. Yeah, we're going with the modern Mexican Blue Beetle, not the white guy. Yeah, with 10 cords getting benched. <laughs> Fuck He's not that cords. great of a Blue Beetle anyways. The Mexican kids are so much better. Well, I mean, 10 cord didn't have any powers. So <laughs> really That's what I mean. Like, the whole character aspect, like characterization and everything, like as the plot of the, like, the Mexican kids are a million times better. Yeah. No, them having Ted around as, like, Blue Beetles, like, mentor is the way to go. But, uh, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, all right. So, yeah, that's that's going to be dope. We're going to fucking go to war again. I'll probably, hopefully I win this time. Uh, and uh, let's talk about House of the Dragon. Episode oh, 8. Boy. The best one yet. The best one yet. What are some high points for you? My absolute high point, I'm going to say this right now, I told you this earlier, is Patty Constantine's portrayal of King Viserys Targaryen. Absolutely incredible. The decaying man and what he wants and the things he's done in the world. And I honestly believe so far in this season, he's been my favorite character throughout this storyline. Really? The way they portrayed him in this episode, the amount of, like, power and empathy and like emotion behind his characters throughout this entire episode was incredible. I guarantee you every single viewer that watched it was moved in some way. I know I was. Absolutely, dude. Like when he was, when he walked in with how fucking, when you, at the end of the episode, when you realize really how fucking rotted and how like in such a bad condition he's in. And then when you flash back to earlier in the episode when he walked all the way across the fucking King's Landing and walked into the throne room and took the throne from Otto Hightower and said, I'll sit the throne today. 
and then walked all the way up there, dude, and took the nearest side. Like, that was incredible. Oh, yeah. I definitely believe this was definitely the best episode yet. Damon Targaryen fucking cutting off with his Baylor. Damon. Yeah, cutting his head right the fuck off. Excellent. Absolutely excellent. Thinking yeah, I mean, all the politics and the emotion and everything behind the episode was absolutely incredible. The family dinner was an amazing scene. Oh, yeah. It was good to see all of them in the same room and then finally get along. All of them get along for just five minutes before absolute fucking anarchy is about to break out. I love that. I thought that was fucking amazing. I love how all he wanted, his whole time, his whole time, this whole time, was everyone to be united, everyone to be a family. That's all he cared about. Like, you kind of said it earlier that he ruled with love. And uh, people are trying to... I honestly, I think he was the best king of this era. People might think he was the weakest one, but the way he ruled, I honestly believe, was the best way. Even though the realm didn't fully agree with it because everybody's stuck in their original ways. But mm-hmm. I definitely think King Viserys was one of the better kings of this era. He was a good king. I will stand by. Like he, When people say he's weak, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I do think he could be a weak king. Within, because when he said something, it wasn't always the law. Like people... like. No one gave a fuck. Like, they were going to do whatever they were going to do. Renera was going to go fuck whoever Renera was going to go fuck. Uh, Allison was going to scheme however she was going to scheme. No one listened to him the whole time. This was the one moment where they're like, all right, well, granddad's about to fucking pass away. Let's give him one moment. So I do think he was kind of a weak, a weak king in spots. But to be honest, that's why I like the character. I, I do agree with you that this is one of the best characters on the show, and Patty Constantine has played him to perfection. Uh, the actor really knows what he's doing, and he fucking he's just blowing it out of the water. The deterioration of a man who was like once kind of like strong and like once like like it, in that first episode he was vibrant, full of life, and now he's just this old decrepit. You know, like it's over, and like it, the show has done a really good job in that actor in particular, has done a really good job at kind of showing us that process. And it's not just a king, like, and we haven't seen that before in Thrones. Kings die by getting poisoned or stabbed in the back or fucking killed in front of your pregnant wife at a wedding or shit like that. It's not like, oh, we died of old age. Or, or I know it was like a sickness of some sorts, but... He was like, old as fuck, man. Yeah, he was old as shit. Like, we haven't really seen that in Thrones. So it was kind of and cool. We saw that, and that was a main focus almost for eight episodes. And then we get the payoff at the very end of the episode, and uh, just him taking his last breath, credits roll, and liked it. Like, it did a really good job. And that actor deserves an, an Emmy for it, to be honest. Oh, I definitely hope he wins whatever award he's able to win for that role. He definitely deserves yeah. it. The author who wrote the book, George R. R. Martin himself, personally texted Patty Constantine saying, your acting and portrayal of King Viserys is better than the version I wrote in the book. That, like, yeah, that's, that's it, a lot. 
That is the best compliment you could ever get being an actor, dude. I can't imagine the amount of, like, the overwhelming feeling that actor, like, got when he got that text message. Like, that's the best absolute compliment you could ever get in that field, like, in that industry. You're right. That's the top. That's the creme de la creme. That's how you know you made it. So, he's fucking killed it. That whole portrayal. My, my favorite character who did have a moment when old Vaman Targaryen started talking a little too much was my boy Damon and Matt Smith. And Damon's been kind of chilling in the last two episodes. Yeah, he sliced that motherfucker's head. Damon hasn't been doing much these last two episodes. He's just been kind of vibing and, I mean, fucking his knees. Like, you insulted his wife in front of him. He's going to defend her. That's why his head got chopped off. Yeah, and you insulted her children. Like, you insulted your wife. He insulted his wife's children. That's why, like, he did that. And he committed treason treason in front of the, literally in front of the realm. So, yeah, he was going to die whether Damien cut his head off or not. Well, you got to think, too, Valerians have chips on their shoulders because Valerians came over with them. And Valerian, like, that that's another high-profile house from Valeria that, you know, them and the Targaryens, those are the big houses. So with them there, and obviously you guys watch Game of Thrones, did you ever hear anybody say Valerian, House Valerian? No. So obviously that house isn't long for this world, but uh, I'm pretty they sure were like, brought up a couple times and when they were talking to the news about the Targaryen history. The history, but I mean like talking about like like they they still exist because they don't. The house is extinct. Well, yeah, the house is extinct, but I feel like it was brought up in dialogue because of like talking about history. Okay, <laughs> so it was probably brought up. In dialogue. That's my point. It wasn't completely not brought up. It just wasn't focused on because obviously it does not exist. Yeah, it might have been. It might have been talked about here or there. Like it's a history lesson. But that house uh, was a very prestigious house, so they, they, like, think they have all the rights. I mean, because they're dragon riders, too. So they, they think they're, like, the same thing as Targaryens. Who the fuck are you? Raina's the only one left, right? I mean, huh? obviously, yeah. we all know the nearest children are bastards, but Raina, the, the black girl that was under Rhaenys, or Rhaenys, she's the only true living Valerian left, right? Well, no. Her, uh, oh, and the her, other uh, one. They're twins. The twin girls. Yeah, the two sisters. It's just them two, right? Well, technically, Lanor's alive, but yeah. Oh, yeah, Lanor is alive. He's supposed to be fucking dead, though, but. I don't think he's going to come back either because he's kind of written off as dead in the books. Like, he's just dead in the books. So I don't know if they're going to bring him back for a little hurrah or whatever, but. Yeah. Lanor is pretty much gone. So it is those two those two girls. And are we going to spoil? We can go spoiler alert, right? Nah, fuck that. Okay. Never mind that. My, I won't be living in a happy household for the next few hours if we spoil anything. Okay. I feel like I've, I've, <laughs> I've told her a lot. Uh, but, no, uh, the... This episode did a great job at uh, showing uh, the time jump did great. I mean, Aegon's just a fucking scumbag rapist, huh? 
I mean, yeah, dude, apparently he just rapes bitches and doesn't even have any recollection of what he did. So I guess they're not doing the third kid, Darren, from the books, because he would have been around no. already. I mean, the sister wife is there, Aegon's wife, his sister. Yeah, but there's a whole other brother. There's Darren. Darren Targaryen. I don't. He's, I, I guess not. They would have already brought him in, but I, I guess not. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But uh, no, Aemon's a Aemon's like a badass who's like a, a warrior now. Kristen Kristen Cole's obviously trained him to be the fucking man, so he's a badass. And fucking Aegon's just a little scumbag. Yeah, who looks a lot like a buddy of ours. <laughs> <laughs> old A, old A God. Uh Yeah, who and I didn't think that this show was gonna try to like have like a straight bad guy character, but it seems like like this dude like I don't know. Uh, Aegon doesn't seem to have any so redeeming far, qualities. He doesn't. So far, he really just is like a nuisance of a character every time he's on screen, and like he doesn't give a fuck. Like earlier when they were younger, it showed like Aegon was dominant and he was going to grow up to be a beast, but now he's just like not giving a fuck and like drunk and just raping bitches. Yeah, and he was never kind of giving a fuck. Like, I mean, Aemon's always the one that wanted all that shit, and Aegon was like, I want to drink wine and fucking jerk off out of the window and live my life. So, yeah, he, yeah, we'll see what happens with that dude. Uh, I think Eamon, obviously you and me know what's, what's going to happen eventually and we're excited, but, uh, Eamon, uh, he's going to be one of the top commanders for the Targaryen army. So it's kind of cool seeing him. He's like taller now and he looks like a badass a bit with the eye patch and, He's a fucking asshole. I'm talking about the three strong boys. Jay Harris is like, fuck you, dude. Jay Harris kind of looks like, uh, you remember Robin, Aaron? Kinda looks he like kind of does look like him. Yeah. He looks like him a little bit. Strong boys. But, uh, uh I mean, all, all of those kids are very important to the upcoming events, so... I agree. No, I definitely think Allison had a redeeming episode this week. <laughs> you, you hate her a lot the, in This entire season, up until, like, episode one through seven, I have found Allison, excuse me, to be incredibly fucking irritating. The worst. Very immature and nosy and just, like, whiny and, like, very, just annoying, dude. Like, She's playing the character fine, and it's just, I find it very, I just found it very fucking annoying. But she had a very redeeming episode this week. She's a lot more grown up, and she knows there's a lot more in control of her emotions and shit, and she's not, like, whiny. She's smarter now, and, like, it's it was a lot more redeeming for her this time. No, absolutely. And I like the whole, you're no son of mine. Like, she, like, I... Because I love her character because she's not like this Cersei bad guy. Like, she's a whole different type of, like, you can tell that she really doesn't want to be on the path she's on, but this yeah, is kind of the path. Allison yeah. Hightower is a puppet to her father. He's a puppet yeah. to Otto. That's, that's yeah. about it. 
Yes, she is, and she and she doesn't want to be, and she's like got a good heart, and like, but in her mind, she's doing what she has to do for the realm. Like she always, she's been a loyal soldier to the realm in her eyes. Like even like that, she feels fucking terrible for that uh, Diana. I think her name was that Aegon uh, forced himself onto. She she like she was like crying in front of her. Like she like the queen was really upset about that, but she was also had, huh? That tea she gave her wasn't a poison? No, it wasn't a poison. It was to kill the baby. It's like morning after tea. Okay, and I got, okay, I didn't know what that was. I thought it was a poison to kill him. So she can't no, talk. It wasn't poison. It was morning after tea. It was to kill the baby. I thought it was supposed to kill her so she can't talk and spread, oh, spread it around. No. No, that's why they paid her off. They gave her that big coin purse. And, and then they, they gave her tea to kill the baby. Uh, at least that's how I took it. And uh, and but she was did like she was really upset in that moment. But she also did her did like she's like, but you know like Aegon like this can't get out and like he's the king like she was really upset. But she's also like like you can't fuck this over and take this tea and kill whatever baby might be inside of you and take this money and shut the fuck up. But like it was like it, you could tell it bothered her. But and she really bothered him when she scolded Aegon about it and shit. But. She also, like, she's kind of realized she's created this monster. And I like how she's, like, she's hiding behind religion. She 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 took up the Seven out of nowhere. And now the, the Targaryens are all about the Seven. And you're seeing religion get introduced. And it's kind of like, oh, I can use this to make up for why I've, kind of like, stabbed Rhaenyra and shit. And, that like, I, I found Jesus and I'm a better person now. Like I like all these things they're doing with her character. I really like. Like I, she's a different type of kind of. She's not even like a villain, but she's like. I don't know. She's, she's a like. She's a puppet, but she's also pushing like Lara, like Laris and stuff. Who's gonna do more crazy shit? Laris Strong. Uh, like she, like she's causing all this crazy shit to happen without even trying. And I think that's the beauty of her character. Like she. she she just all she wants is she doesn't want her kids to die, and she doesn't want like she just doesn't want all her kids to die. She doesn't want Renair to take over and fucking kill her kids. And uh, that that want and that need might like fuck over everything. And that's the yeah, beauty of that character. That's what I like about her is the fact that she thinks Renair would do that. I don't yeah. think Renair would. As her father dies, the second she takes the throne, she's just gonna slaughter her children. Cool, and that's why I'm happy they got that moment of levity too, where they got to tote the cup to each other. I was like, you know what? You're pretty cool. <laughs> you know what? We gotta fuck with you. I did like that, but uh, yeah, I thought it was a ten out of ten episode. Yeah, I thought it was the best, definitely the best one so far. We're running out of time, though. You want to talk about She-Hulk next week? No, we can do that real quick. We still You're got right. 13 minutes. Yeah. Uh, uh, this was definitely the best episode of She-Hulk, I would think. Daredevil's yeah. finally been introduced. Fuck She-Hulk. Got defeated by She-Hulk. Did the walk of shame. 
I didn't mind it. It's comic accurate. She-Hulk does basically her in the Marvel Universe. It's not really unknown for that to happen. So, honestly, it is kind of comic accurate. It was a little ridiculous to watch. It wasn't really necessary. But at the same time, it still technically isn't wrong. <laughs> it was nice seeing Charlie Cox again. It was. And his Daredevil is pretty good. I like how he's smirky, but he still has that dark Daredevil element to him. Yeah. I just hope when they Charlie Cox gets the show, I hope they keep the same actor that plays Foggy. Foggy. Yeah, me too. Yeah, no, it was a good episode. And it was cool to see She-Hulk finally feel that first initial wave of Hulk rage. She finally had a rage moment. Now she She's now she understands what it is. Yeah, and that's what Bruce was, like, explaining to her. You're going to have that moment where you're just going to break. And she found it. She, she's now realizing Bruce is right. Yeah, she's been really good. I've enjoyed her. Uh, she, it's getting a lot better. I thought that this episode, I'd give it an 8 out of 10. Me too, definitely. I, it was a lot better. <clears throat> Fire happy. Yeah, these shows are coming to an end soon, too, both of them, right? Yeah. Next week or the week after? I know we got two a house. I think next week might be the last She-Hulk, or there might be two more. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah, She-Hulk was fucking badass. Uh, House of Dragon was a masterpiece this week, and uh, that's pretty much it. Bobo, you got anything else for the people? Uh, no. All right. We got we'll the Beatles Morales next week. Yep. And then next week after definitely doing we don't know what the main plot of the episode the week after would be quite yet but definitely expect a black adam review we will both be seeing it on opening day oh yeah fuck yeah 100 percent, and we will be talking about it oh 100 i'm very excited for this movie i hope this movie finally redeems dc and puts everything back in the right track we could probably make that a whole episode yeah, definitely. That's a big movie. Oh, for yeah. sure. We'll have our House of Dragon review, and then we'll just review the movie. Probably. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, brother. I'll see you and everybody else next week. All right, deuces. Bye, Dan. All right. <laughs> The cost of something I would give